finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and Increasing Your Wealth with Kathy Pfefferhahn. Finances and, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive financial coaching services. Together, we'll create a successful financial plan by examining your spending and saving habits, then guiding and educating you to your own personal success. Coaching services include evaluation of your spending plan, building your savings, financing your retirement, examining your insurance needs, and planning for your individual goals. Please contact me at capitalcoaching.net to schedule your appointment. Increasing your wealth, whether you have little now or have been able to save, is a lifetime challenge. Sometimes we need to remember how we can get the most from our money because it's so common to start off with a plan and then life moves us away from these great strategies. Pre-COVID, the stock market was doing great for so long, and that might be why some people felt they could stop being so vigilant. Here are some ideas that might help you get back on track or encourage you to start now. If you're using a credit card to live on, it's really just stealing your wealth. By owing an additional 10 to 20% or even more, that bag of groceries that you paid $80 for will cost you $88. And every month that you buy more and add to your balance, the interest and balance grows. Paying the minimum sounds great, but if all you're able to pay is the minimum, after a year you'll find that your balance is almost the exact same. WalletHub.com has a terrific calculator that you can enter your debt your interest rate, and when you want to pay it off, and this can include a certain date or paying a certain amount, and in how many months you want to pay it off by. They provide the monthly payments needed to achieve your goal and the total amount you'll be paying in all over this period of time. If you're going to continue to use credit cards, avoid cards with additional fees. If you travel outside the United States, make sure your card offers a rate of cash back that will be greater than the foreign transaction fee. Many cards do not offer cash back on overseas purchases. Consider the danger in approaching your credit limit on your card. The closer you get to the maximum amount you're allowed to borrow, the riskier you look to financial institutions. It's called your utilization ratio, and that means that the amount you can borrow versus how much you do borrow. To find your utilization, add up all the balances of your credit cards and then total what you can borrow. Then, divide the amount you owe by the total that you can borrow. This number should be lower than 30%. For example, if you add up all your debt on your credit cards and it comes to $10,031 and your total available credit comes to $25,000, you'll divide the $10,031 by $25,000 and you get .40124. You then multiply that amount by 100 to get 40 or 40%. This is above the recommended safe amount. This can lower your credit score and it creates a situation where you get a higher interest rate on loans, like mortgage loans, and that means that you're not able to save tens of thousands of dollars like you could if your credit score was better. Of course, if you're paying off your card before the due date, you can take advantage of all the perks of the card worry-free. A survey from Lantern by SoFi found that only 13% of respondents carried a zero balance. So if you're doing that, you're part of a very small but rich club. Getting on a budgeting app is a great way to keep on top of what you owe and planning for reducing your debt. 
I found that Investopedia had a comprehensive review of budgeting apps, so log in and see which one's best for you. But here's a quick overview of the top six. The best overall was YNAB, which stands for You Need a Budget. The pros were that it offers a complete budget makeover for you, there's a free 34-day trial, and there's strong customer service and education available, like videos, live workshops, and even reading guides. The cons are that it is $98.99 a year. Wow, you really feel like you're not paying $100 a year, don't you? Or $14.99 a month. It takes a little while to learn the process for this because there's so much available to you. And recently, people have been complaining about some syncing issues. The best free app available is Mint. The pros are there that it's free. It does offer free TransUnion credit scores and it tracks your investments for you. The cons are that there are in-app ads, there have also been reported technical issues, and the spending categories could be better and probably more robust for most people. You can sync with your banking apps or add the information yourself and categorize it for each of your spending. The best cash flow app was Simplify by Quicken. It seems to have a strong cash flow tool. The watch list is available for mindful spending to make sure you stay on track, and it is free for 30 days. The cons are that it's $47.99 a year or $5.99 a month, and there also seems to be some technical issue complaints. The personalized plan with real-time updates of how much money you're spending or still have available to spend is one of its best perks. It also tracks monthly subscriptions that you may not be using but are being charged for and helps alert you to those. The best app for overspenders is called Pocket Guard. It's got a free basic budget app, the cash flow at a glance, which means that you are able to quickly see how much you have coming in and how much you have going out, and it seems very easy to use. But the Pocket Guard Plus does have a charge. There is no phone support, and again, some technical issues were registered. They use an algorithm to curb your overspending. It also reminds you when your bills are due, and the paid version has additional features. The best app for building your wealth was Personal Capital. They offer free wealth management. They offer retirement planning tools, education, net worth tracking, and it has an analyzer tool for your portfolio. It's not a budgeting app, and you will get sales calls for their wealth management services. It does a great job helping you with your wealth building, but not so much your monthly spending plan. Another way to increase your wealth is deciding on if you should spend less on cheap items versus high-quality expensive items, and it really depends on the category and what you use them for. Clothing is one area where it makes sense to buy higher-quality, well-made items, not just the more expensive items, but actual quality items. Is it a classic look or something that's seasonally trendy? Shoes can be had for a bargain, but if you walk, run, or bike, these kinds of shoes should be quality as they're going to take abuse. The $2 pair of flip-flops can be a great choice for casual wear, but comfort should really be the determinant for your shoe choice. Cosmetics are an area that it's hard to decide if you should spend $8 on a lipstick or $30. This is a real hit or miss area. It seems that the expensive products have more color pigments, but the other ingredients tend to be the same. So you may want to start with a drugstore brand, and if you like it, don't feel the need to spend more. Another thing you can do is start by investing even a little bit of money to let it grow. 
If you don't have a lot of money to invest now, especially because shares can be so expensive, you can put money into fractional shares or ETFs. These allow you to buy a part of a share or part of a fund. These became popular when commissions stopped being charged for each purchase you made. This way, you didn't need to save up to buy just one share. You can start purchasing right away. There are apps like Robinhood that do this and one called Acorn that invests your small change. The way Acorn works is when you make a purchase, Acorn rounds up your cents to the next whole dollar. So your $7.41 purchase puts that remainder up to $8.59 in your investing account. You can choose what you want to buy and how much you want to diversify within your accounts. You can even buy real estate through REITs, real estate investment trusts, in the same way as buying a portion of a stock. There's generally a minimum of $500 to get started, but it's much less money than buying your own property and trying to rent it out. How can you build your wealth by earning more money at the job you already have? Start by knowing what your position's going rate is in your geographic area. The best way to negotiate is for you to have done your research. You can also make contact with recruiters in your job field. Find out what your expertise is worth. And even if you don't get an exact dollar amount, they can provide you with a lot of insight. When you go actually ask for your raise, bring with you a short one-page listing all of your accomplishments. Share with them how much you've saved or what it is that you do that adds value to the company. Don't just say what you do, but tell them why what you do is a value. Research by the Columbia Business School suggests that a very specific amount is a better request than a round one, say, asking for $64,750 versus $65,000. They found that employers believe that you've been doing your research and that you know your market value versus just pulling a number out of the air. You have to be ready to walk away, though, if they say no, if you really believe it's what you're worth. Luckily, right now is a great time for employees to get what they would like. Finally, Psychology Today reports that Thursdays are the best day to ask for a raise. It seems that many people are ready to negotiate and compromise because they want to finish their work before the weekend. The final thing to consider today is how your plans for your retirement will increase your wealth. Start by saving and stick to your goals. If you're already on that path, way to go. Keep it up. You'll never regret having that money in retirement or having the ability to pass on your wealth. If you haven't started, do it now. The more time you use to your advantage, the more your money will grow and work for you. You'll need to decide how much you want in retirement, and there is no right amount for this, but you can start by planning on somewhere between 70 to 90% of your pre-retirement income as a starting point. You can make real gains toward having enough money by utilizing your company's retirement savings plan. This will probably be a 401k or a 403b plan. You can hear more about these in episode number two, 401k and 403bs. And by contributing to the plans, your money grows. Your employer's contributions will grow as well. The time value of money makes magic happen as your funds multiply over the years. Leaving that money alone and not withdrawing it before you retire is the only way to really, truly reap the advantage of the plan. Just because you can borrow from your plan doesn't mean you should or that it's a good idea. By removing any funds, that means you're going to lose interest on what you would be earning, and you can be assigned penalties or lose the tax benefits that you've gained from them. 
For retirement, you can also start an IRA or individual retirement account on your own behalf. You can invest up to $6,000 for 2022 and an additional $1,000 if you're already 50 years old. You'll have to decide if you're open to a Roth or traditional IRA. And you can hear more about those in episode 19 called IRAs. But a tax accountant or a CFP are great resources to help you decide what's best for you in your particular situation. The final piece of your wealth will include what your Social Security benefits are and what you're eligible to receive. As a rule, Social Security replaces about 40% of your pre-retirement income. But you can find out how much you're currently eligible for by going to the Social Security Administration at ssa.gov and finding your benefit. This takes a little while if you haven't already set up your online account due to the needed security. And Social Security is actually covered in detail in my episode 92. Increasing your wealth really comes down to saving, spending wisely, and planning for retirement. Sounds easy, right? Well, you can do it. And that's why you're listening. This is Kathy Pfefferhan. Thanks for listening to Finances and Increasing Your Wealth. I know you chose to listen and am grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and share your favorite episode with a friend. I'd love you to leave a review because it brings financial education to others and it helps people find me more easily. Also, be sure and let me know what questions you'd like answered or the topics that you want covered by going to the website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can also contact Capital Coaching for your personal needs at capitalcoaching.net. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always contact a tax accounting or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to.